Um, Mark Masters, our TSN lease reporter. What's going on, Marky Mark? How the last couple of days been for you? Yeah, it's been uh, lots going on, that's for sure. Just got to the airport here in Edmonton and flying out to Calgary uh, shortly, and then later tonight flying to Vancouver. So one of those three-city days. You know what the situation is with uh, with any of these new guys, Luke Shen, Eric Gustafson, chance that we see them tonight on night two of back-to-back? I don't know the plan that they have in terms of the lineup tonight. Uh, Shen was with the team last night. I saw him outside the dressing room. Uh, Gustafson, of course, was supposed to meet them today in Calgary. I assume that happened. Uh, Sheldon keeps going to talk to the media around 6.30 Eastern, uh, maybe a little bit later than that. Um, and we'll see where we're at with uh, that Timothy Lilligren. It appeared to get uh, a little banged up at the end of that game against Edmonton. He did come back, but we know they were pretty careful with Rasmus Sandin recently when he had a relatively minor injury and they kept him out for three games. So be intriguing to see. Uh, coming off a pretty brutal performance last night, if they look to shake things up on the back end, they got nine defensemen in the mix now. Can't forget about our old friend Connor Timmins. So um, wouldn't, wouldn't be a shock to see some some new faces in maybe tonight but you can also understand if they want to give them maybe you know a practice or something like that or at least a chance to get to know the systems and everything a little bit before they they get them in so we'll see we'll see right okay you mentioned our our old buddy rasmus sandine who we saw go mm-hmm. out the door on tuesday can you just before we get into last night's game and my guy up tonight yeah i Not know we can't Pierre. forget about AB's favorite Pierre Engvall. Can you just walk us through what that room has been like over the past 48 uh, hours or so and, and the roller coaster of emotions and how everyone's been dealing with kind of the change-up of personnel? Yeah, I mean, it's just got that uh, there's an energy and also an uneasiness. Uh, let's call it an uneasy energy <laughs> this week around the team. Obviously, that uh, Tuesday practice in Seattle was pretty crazy. Uh, with a trade breaking, or really two trades breaking pretty much um, during practice, uh, and the players leaving and hugging, and like you just don't see that that often. I can't you broke it. Technically, like you broke it with your video yeah. about that yeah. something was going on with Rasmus Sandin. Yeah, because you could tell that he was walking off with a member of the media relations staff. That, that pretty much never happened. Um, medical staff, sure. Equipment, maybe. But PR staff, is that was a red big giant waving red flag that uh, he was going and when you, you know we, when you get to the practice and you see Kyle Dubas is just glued to his phone and pacing and that Sandin has dropped to the fourth pair and we knew he, he was concerned about his role coming into the season so you could kind of put two and two together there but still um, probably jarring to the players on the ice and Sheldon Keith said they were able to get through most of practice and what they wanted to accomplish without being distracted too much by that but yeah that was uh uh, that was something, and then you know, Dubas. I don't think I. I mean, he was. We could. We had eyes on him pretty much the entire most of the practice, and he was. Every time I saw him, he was on his phone. And then at the end of that practice, uh, they didn't leave the building that quickly, as quickly as they usually would after a practice. I saw a lot of players just sitting on their phones, and uh, you know, just it just seemed like maybe there was another shooter drop. That was kind of the sense. That was there even more in in in, in the mix. And that's why kind of you think that maybe there's something more still to come for the Leafs before the deadline was was just that that sense uh, at the end of that practice and then they eventually got on the buses that got to Edmonton and did not have the greatest game last night. No, last night was was wasn't a stinker. What to you though about last night was kind of most unsettling? Uh, you know, I mean, I guess teams are going to have games like that, and we've seen the Leafs bounce back really well. It's just coming off. 
the trades, what they were all saying, you know, about how they want to back up Dubis. That's what Costa Matthew said on Tuesday in Seattle that, you know, they're, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, we're, we, you know, we're all in. Um, William Nylander says, you know, you know, Dubis has been busy and not taking days off. And we know that it's all about the playoffs and, and it's not the playoffs yet, but you're still building towards that. And that was a marquee game, a team you hadn't seen yet. The last team they had yet to play in the Oilers, obviously McDavid. Um, that's a marquee matchup, a all Canadian matchup. And you just, I don't know, the Oilers certainly treated it like a, a huge game and you just expected the Leafs to be energized by all the moves and everything. And, even for guys who are on the fringes of the roster who might get traded, right? Like we finally, you know, we saw two regulars leave in Sandine and Engvall. And, you know, there's got to be other guys on the lineup who are thinking, geez, I might not be safe here if there's going to be another move, if they want to continue to, to shake things up. So you just expected a team to be energized by the, the, by the trades, to be energized by the matchup. They, they had the Springsteen concert Monday, a full practice Tuesday. Um, and it just didn't come together. So you're, you know, that's, it's all disappointing. That's why Sheldon Keefe was so upset last night, understandably so. Um, but that's not who they are. That's not who they've shown to themselves to be throughout the course of the season. And they've bounced back well, but this will be tricky. Calgary's pretty desperate. Uh, Joseph Wall in that. Um, second half of a back-to-back. So we'll see what they got tonight. Did that raise alarm bells for you at all when, when yesterday, you know, you found out that Wall was going to be starting over Matt Murray? Like, I, when I saw you tweet that out, my ears kind of perked up, and I thought to myself, what does that mean about Matt Murray? Yeah, I don't know what to make of Matt Murray, uh, because he's had a couple of practices now. Right. Uh, and now, what, today's a scheduled day off? Like, what's going on here? Like, I don't know. I mean, Murray tends to be on his own program, right? Like, in terms of, like, morning skates, he doesn't do morning skates, like, sometimes and you just trust that that he he's going to know his own body but yeah he hasn't played since january 17th um and there's yeah until he gets in the net and looks okay there's going to be that question hanging over this team but apparently not ready um so you go to wall and you you know i guess there's no reason to rush but you just wonder right like he said he was feeling good and he looked good he looked fine in, in practice from what i could see so you're kind of wondering like what's the hold up but you know, you got to trust, I guess, the medical staff and trust him and he knows his body. But yeah, that certainly does get your antenna up when that would have been his last chance before the deadline to show, hey, I'm okay. But um, obviously not ready to go. And we'll see what Joseph Wall can do in his uh, seventh career start. Yeah. So when you say there's this sense of uneasiness, like there could be something else coming from Kyle Dubas, do you think that move could potentially involve some some security when it comes to the goaltending position? I don't know. I mean, Dubas, every time we've talked to him, has downplayed that. You know, he knows. He's also he, lied you know, straight to your face about everything that true. he's done so far. I'm not trading a first round pick for rental. Yeah. He trades a first yeah. round pick. Immediately and he, does that. Well, yeah. then after on Monday, he's like, oh, an old friend told me time is on my side, so we'll probably wait to make a trade. Makes three trades 24 hours later. Like, <laughs> the guy has right. been very, uh, very much now, a liar he, the last he, little bit. He, he has been open about whether he's done, right? He's been always asked, are you done? And he's always like, ah. We'll look to improve if we can. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, if the trade's there to be made and you're going to make it, you know, you got to make it because uh, the other team might move on, right? Like, yeah. you know, Washington or the New York Islanders might look for other players if, if they don't uh, get Sandine and Engvall right away there. So, you can understand, like, when it's done, it's done, and you're moving on. And sure felt like Sandine's time had kind of come to an end just with how everything was playing out. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it wouldn't surprise me. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm not, like, doesn't certainly doesn't feel as good when Samsonov's coming off a performance, uh, 
where he did not look particularly sharp. And, of course, on, what was it, Sunday night in Seattle, he looked a little banged up at the end of that game. He said it was mm-hmm. nothing crazy, but based on how he played last night, I wonder if something was bugging him. And you just go, injuries come up. And, again, Wall is pretty green. And Shalgren did actually get into a playoff game last year, but that was in mop-up time. He looked fine. But needless to say, you're not feeling good. And I don't think many teams are feeling good when you get down to a third goalie option. The difference is a lot of teams feel like they're, you know, fairly comfortable in having two healthy guys. Right. And you just don't have that sense with the Leafs. The other thing is just the forward group, right? We saw them go to Ryan O'Reilly as third-line center uh, in the third period last night. First time we've got that look. And what does it mean? It means Yarncroke's back in the top six. Are you comfortable with that alignment in a playoff series against Tampa? So, um, Or for a long run, really. It's like if, if you believe O'Reilly's your third-line center in the best formation, are you comfortable with either Yarncroke or Kerfoot in your top six? that's really where they're at right now. Even with Matthew Nye still hanging out there, they, they've made it pretty clear they don't want to put too much on his plate or put pressure or think or just assume he's going to come in and be amazing out of college because they know how difficult that is and how rare it is for guys to make an immediate impact. So lots of things for Kyle Dubas to, uh, to consider as we get hours now away from, from the deadline here. Yeah, yeah, on the edge of our seats. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw Jake McCabe make his debut last night. It wasn't a great night for the Leafs' blue line in general, but what did you make of his uh, his first game as a Leaf? Yeah, it's funny, you know. It's not funny, but I feel bad. Like, <laughs> immediately he takes a penalty and puts, like, I know. the Oilers. You know, it's, yeah, Sheldon, I keep referred to as, like, the greatest power play in the history of hockey, basically. It's like So I, I imagine going into the game, like, they were stressing discipline. Like, we cannot put this, this Oilers team on the power play. And immediately McCabe's, like, first notable play is to take a penalty. The Oilers score, of course. And he felt bad. You know, he mentioned that. He's like, that's a tough start. He was nervous, and he said that. You know, I was nervous. He got more comfortable as he got going. But that's a, you know, it's a tough matchup, right? He's going to see a lot of McC- McDavid playing with Brody. He's going to see a lot of McDavid uh, in, that, in that game. Uh, and McDavid, like, like, it's funny. You know, we're talking about Austin Matthews' three multi-goal games this season. Like, he had a multi-goal game two Sunday, and then I was looking at McDavid's stats, and I'm like, holy smokes, five straight Five straight multi-goal It's insane! <laughs> yeah. As an alien. You know, and Matthew said he's, a, he's obviously a freak, and yeah, that's freakish behavior. Five straight multi-goal games, amazing. Um, but yeah, so tough, that's a tough spot to make a, to make a debut. Uh, but, you know, and it's hard to read into anything about that game, because the team as a whole played so poorly, but Keith said it, you know, it wasn't the new guys. You know, the new guys were okay. They were fine. It was the guys that they count on to be their difference makers on a night-to-night basis who did not get the job done or did not do enough to move the needle when Edmonton's top guys were flying. Clearly, Edmonton wanted and valued those two points more than, than the Leafs. And they had Ekholm and their guy. Ekholm looked great. I thought he was yeah. he was really solid in that game. So um, he was the new guy who popped the most last night. So we'll see if that continues on. It's just one game. They only had one practice, uh, the two new guys. Um, and I actually thought Lafferty looked pretty good on that third line with O'Reilly in the third period. There seemed to be something there, Sparks. So we'll see We'll see how they end up starting the, the game tonight in, in Calgary. Yeah, I think, I think I'd like to see a little bit of a shake-up. Like, I, I'm with you. They yeah. only had a couple of shifts together, but I thought they looked like there could be some makings of something. And we've expected that at some point we're going to see Ryan O'Reilly as a 3C and shift Tavares back in. Like, maybe tonight's the time to do that after after a bad night last night. It's just a, a way to shake things up and get a response from the group. Yeah, and I asked Sheldon Keith, you know, how much do you take from the third period? Because I actually thought there were some positives there. And he's like, well, yeah, that's garbage time. And if we didn't start playing well, it was going to be 10 goals again. <laughs> Honestly, it could have been seven, right, with the, the calls that went the Leafs' way last. Yeah. 
last night with that quick whistle, and, and then the uh, you know penalty. McDavid was interference by McDavid, but still the puck goes in. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, so I'd like to see him do that honestly, and you know see what Ryan O'Reilly can do uh, in the third line role there. It still doesn't feel complete though the the forward group in that scenario. It just doesn't feel like that 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 line is going to be able to do enough. Uh, with O'Reilly there, and I mean Lafferty does have, but you feel like Lafferty's better suited for the fourth line uh, in that situation. Kerfoot, I guess, but I don't know. It'll be intriguing. Yeah, I'd like to see it. That's what we want to see down the stretch here. So a little bit more experimentation. Uh, another, you know, kind of flag goes up when Sheldon Keefe is asked about experimenting in the bottom six down the stretch yesterday before the game, and says, "Yeah, you know, O'Reilly third line center, but let's see where we're at with the final group after the deadline." So clearly, hmm? he's. You know, mm-hmm. thinking there, that this things might not be done, he might have another forward to to plug in there. So, yeah, I, I do wonder about that because it just doesn't that forward group. I don't know. It just feels like maybe they're a guy short right now. Interesting. Yeah, with Mark Masters, TSN Leafs reporter, uh, Leafs and Flames tonight. It'll be on TSN ten fifty, also on TSN four. 34 might be the guy who I circle, who to me was fairly invisible last night as someone Mm -hmm. who uh, should have a a response game tonight. What about you? Yeah, I've been waiting kind of all season for him to kind of explode a bit, right? And he's had flashes, and he's played well, and he's been fine. Certainly defensively, he's never cheated this team. But playing McDavid, the guy who's you know going to just throw him as the Rocket Richard winner and Hart Trophy winner, you would have thought maybe there'd be, you know, there would be something there. We're always circling those two guys when they play, and yeah. it wasn't there. And we'll see. You know, when they need a response, you need your best players to step up. He's a leader on the team, uh, and you would expect him to have a big game in Calgary for sure. Um, but it's been a weird season, let's be honest, for for Austin Matthews. Um, he just hasn't been able to build that offensive momentum all year. The defensive momentum, fine, has been there, but offensively, he hasn't been able to get on a roll. And we're running out of racetrack here. And, and William Nylander's gone to a new level. And Mitch Marner is Mitch Marner. And John Tavares has added a step. But Matthews is the guy in the core four who I just, you know, hasn't, hasn't really seemed to get going this season. And there's been injuries and there's been stuff. But we're all waiting for that. And perhaps it's going to come down the stretch here. And he'll kind of lead the charge in the playoffs. But he's a guy that I'm circling every, every game now, it feels like, because that's a pretty important storyline going into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. They can do whatever they want in the bottom six, but unless that guy can play the way he did last season, I'm not too sure how successful this postseason will be. So they got to get him going, absolutely. Appreciate the time, as always, Mark. Uh, we'll uh, catch you on the broadcast tonight. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. There he goes. Mark Masters, TSN Least Report.